There's a ton of content out there, and if you don't know where to start, it can be overwhelming, even paralyzing. So let's fix that. Welcome to Simply Cyber, a community of tens of thousands of aspiring and active cybersecurity professionals focused on networking, knowledge sharing, and professional development. I'm Dr. Gerald Dozier, Chief Content Creator at Simply Cyber, inviting you to get the answers to your cybersecurity problems with hundreds of cybersecurity videos answering your frequently asked questions, interviewing industry experts, and live streaming daily cyber threat briefings hosted by me. Now get the stories and insights you won't find anywhere else. Hit subscribe now and dig into all the fresh content on the channel and in the community. Nothing should stop you from launching and leveling up your cybersecurity career today. Good morning. Welcome to Worldwide Wednesday. It is September 20th, 2023. This is episode 455 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. <clears throat> Excuse me, podcast. I am your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier. And over the next 45 minutes, me, you, Chuck Sapp, Marcus Kyler, Migdalia's Tech Channel, Restream Bot, bringing over the folks from LinkedIn, Jonathan Coppender, all the mods like Kimberly, BSEC, Jenny Housley, so many of you. All, you know, long timers, first timers, squad members, simply cyber community members, the greater cybersecurity community. Guys, we have a wonderful show and we're all going to be bringing the heat today. And I will be doing over the next 45 minutes bringing you the top cyber news stories of the day. And I'll be giving my opinion, some might argue expert opinion analysis uh, on each of those stories. Most importantly, what like, so what, Jerry? I'll be sharing what you can do to operationalize it. What can you tactically do or strategically do with this information in a way that helps you drive cyber risk reduction for your organization or helps you break into an industry because you're just blowing back uh, the hair. You're going to, you know what? Like, so if you're looking to break in the industry, bring an extra pair of socks and give them to all the interviewers before the interview starts. And they're like, what are you doing? And you're like, Bruh, I'm going to blow your socks off with this interview, so I want you to have a backup pair. And then you're just like, what? All right, so check it out. It's going to be great. Whether you're a acting cybersecurity professional or you're looking to break in the industry, you will be asked in any job interview, how do you stay current in the industry? Guarantee you this is a slam dunk answer. Ask anyone in chat who has dropped it in an interview and ask how their experiences have been. Um Really quick, it looks like I'm like lurking in the shadows. Like I'm, I'm like a new operator for Flaming Donkey. Like why, why am I not lit up? Ah, all right. Anyways, whatever. We got a great show for you. If you are, uh, you know, uh, needing to continue your professional education through CPEs to maintain your cybersecurity certifications, each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing, just like this one, is worth half a CPE. So it stacks to and a half a week, 10 a month. Be sure to say what's up in chat. Take a screen cap. Put it in a file. Don't think about it again unless you ever get audited. Believe me when I tell you this. This show and Simply Cyber as a channel in general and the whole community, it's all about exceeding expectations on delivering value. So we get CPEs. We get top cyber news stories. We get amazing networking. We're helping each other out here. That's what it's all about. Don't be shy. If you're live, say hashtag team live in chat. That's what's up. That's how you can take a screen call. If you just take a screenshot of me on stage, 
that doesn't do anything. You need to be in chat and take a screenshot so you can prove to an auditor that that was, in fact, you. Um, so hashtag Team Live, like Dylan Vanderlyn just dropped in. Jessica Probst just chapped. Uh, Cyberkill Jane. Oh, thank you so much, Tom Bishop. The community is the best. I agree 100%. And we have fun. There's no question there, Kimberly. Entertaining and educational. Who said it couldn't be done, right? We're, we're flipping the script up in here. If you're on replay, hello from the past. I hope the future's looking good. Uh, do we have the, uh, the cars that maybe don't fly but fold into a briefcase George Jetson style? Let me know in the future what's up. Hashtag team replay in the comments. Get a screen cap of that as well. Um, because, you know, basically team replay are people too and they get access to CPEs just the same as us team live folks. If it is your first time on the stream, if someone told you about this, if YouTube pushed it into your face, whatever it is, however you found us, allow me to welcome you. Welcome to the stream. Glad you made it. But let everyone know that it's your first time. It's something we do every day. Hashtag first timer. If you are a first timer, let us know. Hashtag first timer. All right, guys. <clears throat> Excuse me. I do want to take a minute and give a shout out and thanks to the stream sponsors who allow me to get up here and scream, scream into the microphone in a dimly lit studio, apparently. Starting with Barricade Cyber Solutions. Bar what do we, what? Hello, Claire. Um, Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks, like ransomware, like business email compromise, like info stealers all up in your grill can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. Every ransomware incident comes with a Costco-sized bottle of Pepto-Bismol. Believe that. You're going to be in turmoil. But guess what? Barricade Cyber Solutions, they know how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. They talk to threat actors all the time. They help businesses get past um, that, you know, just sticky, icky situations that are gross and get back and recover to a good business state. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Hope you never need to use them. But when you do, and unfortunately, the bad guys are winning. When you do, you're going to be so happy that you know about BarricadeCyber.com. Also want to say shout out and love to Panopsi. Guys, I love me some Panopsi. I am an advisor on their board uh, on top of having them as a sponsor, on top of being good friends with the owner of the company. Guys, Panopsi Cyber, get a partner who understands your cyber program and your business goals. This is GRC to the max. This is taking GRC and turning the dial to 11. And that's a deep cut for some of uh, some of the gray beard, or the gray hairs in here. Um, little spinal tap. So check it out. GRC, it's all about partnering with your business, giving you a, a, a bespoke um, roadmap on how to go from where you are to where you want to be in a cyber risk reduction meaningful way. Spending your money on the right things, doing them in the right order. Right, you can fake it till you make it, but you know what? If you got a couple bucks, maybe the budget year is ending and you gotta burn some dollars, which I know sounds ridiculous to some people, but if you have budget, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you gotta burn that budget or you're really looking to make 2024 the year you take it to the next level as far as running a cyber program, Panopsi Cyber can come in and literally give you a custom solution that will deliver cyber risk reduction and help you sleep better at night and also make you look like a freaking all-star to the business because you're just straight crushing it, homie. All right. I did say freaking, so sorry, Kennedy. All right. 
Also got to say anti-siphon love, uh, but more about them at the mid-roll. Now, guys, it is Wednesday, and if you're a first-timer here, you might be like, I don't get it. Why has this guy got so much energy? When do we get to the news? Guys, on Wednesdays, we do something a little special called Worldwide Wednesday. Now, I forgot because I'm a hot mess on fire that I have to put this, uh, I have to put this uh, on in a pinned chat. So give me one second here. We're going to do a little fun activity here. First, let me put this pin chat here. Pin, 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 pin. Oh, hold on, guys. Hey, war goons. All right, so I pinned that. I got to throw up a little graphic here. All right, and then I got to read a little thing here. Doink. All right, guys, check it out. Worldwide Wednesday is presented by IT Pro TV. Now IT Pro from ACI Learning, the international online training solution that professionals in audit, cyber, and IT turn to for binge-worthy content. Use promo code, my promo code, simply cyber30 to get 30% off your first month or first year. Listen, there's a lot of great free content out there, right? A lot of great free content. But if time is something that is valuable to you or you don't have a lot of it, doing something like ACI Learning allows you to basically uh, take a, it's like an HOV lane for cybersecurity education learning. You get in the HOV lane and you just boogie book it down the expressway. That's what's going on here. It costs a little bit of money, but you're basically exchanging money for time because you're going to get time back. Great platform. Daniel Lowry is one of the edutainers. Sophie Goodwin. I've done content with them. Um, it's just a really good platform. If you are a first responder, looking at you, Jeremy Williams, on the boo-boo bus. If you're a first responder, a veteran, and I think a teacher, double fact check me on that, you can get 60% off. So as much as I would love for you to get 30% using my promo code, no, 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 no. Get that 60% off. Great cash, Save that money and spend it on ice cream and tacos, my friends. All right, let's get into Worldwide Wednesday. So if it's your first time here and you don't know what we're doing, I'm going to yell, tell me where you're at. I'm going to play Daft Punk around the world. And we are going to see in the next two minutes if we have international consensus in chat live right now. All continents, including Central America and the Middle East. So here we go, my friends. Let's bump it. Let's bump it. Let's bump it. And let's go around the world, shall we? All right. Tell me where you're at, Simply Cyber Community. Let's go. McDelia's bringing Jersey on. Dirty Jersey on the screen. Kenya's in the house. What's up, Kenya? We got Eastern Africa representing. What's up, Marine Corps Semper Fi? All right, Asamto Phoenix, Arizona's in the house. Afghanistan, thank you, Abdullah. Boom, baby. We got the UK bringing Europe online. Nashua, New Hampshire, right near Manch Vegas. We got the Philippines online. Holy crap, mods, I need help. I need an adult. Oh my God, you guys are coming with the furious. Trinidad, Tobago, Orlando, Turks, Caicos, Louisiana. What's up, Alaska? I see you out there. Tulsa, A Asia. You got to be more specific than that. What's up? We got the Philippines online. Yo, Philly. What up? What up, Big Apple? I good to see you up. The UP of Michigan. What's up, Kent? Kent in the UK is online. Zimbabwe's coming online. We got more Africa. Oh, where's Zimbabwe? I feel like it's South Africa. There it is. All right. Yeah, we got Ghana. Dude, look at this. 
We got Africa to the moon right now, boys. France, let's go. I see you, Canada. Maple Leaf. Yeah, Georgia. Peach. Big peaches. I love it. Nigeria online. Guys. Africa's taking us by storm. What's up, Big Texas? I Good to see you, Canada. Yo, we got the Philippines for days right now. Australia. Yes, Pacific Rim's coming online. What's up, South Africa? Holy crap. This is an African show. I love it. Belgium's in the house. Where's Belgium? Where are you, Belgium? There you go. Nice, Belgium. Let's go. Romania, baby. Yes, Romania, Lagos, Nigeria. I love it. What's up? Atlanta's in the house. What's up, Hotlanta? Chat GPT's in here. Bringing South South Africa's online. Lagos. Yeah, we see you, India. Nice, nice. What's our? Where's our South America? Jamaica. Jamaica's hard. Jamaica's hard to see on the um, on the ca- on the map here. All right, so we're gonna do a little bit of cleanup. Give me a second here, Botswana. I always have trouble finding Botswana. Where's Botswana? Uh, Siri, tell me where Botswana is. <laughs> Botswana. Oh, there it is, dude. South Africa. You guys, are you having a um? Like a B-side South Africa down there. Look at look at this. We got Zimbabwe, Botswana, South Africa. Africa bringing the heat today. All right. So let's see. Mexico. Looks like we had a Mexico. I'm going through mod chat right now. Romania, we got. Jamaica, we got. Australia, oi, oi, oi. Aruba, Lagos, Sicily. I, I should just automatically mark Italy every time. Uh, Iceland. Woo. Iceland in the house. Reykjavik, what's up? I see you. Hey, Zimbabwe. Hey, Iceland, Canada, Turks, Caicos, Philippines. All right, guys. All right, y'all. All right. Looks like we straight did okay. But, guys, South America, listen, I'm going to make a concerted effort. I'm going to try to get on as like a speaking tour going through South America. I'm going to find Brazilian, Argentinian, and Chilean podcasts. And I'm going to get on them. We've got to bring South America online. Am I right? All right, guys. Hey, a lot of fun. I really, really do enjoy um, Worldwide Wednesday. I wish we had gotten uh, South America today, but next time, okay? Good job, everybody. Really, really proud of you. A lot of fun. Let's keep going. But for now, do me a favor. Sit back. Yeah, no problem, clown. Do me a favor. Sit back. Relax. And let's let the cool sounds of the hot news wash over us in an awesome wave. Good job, everybody. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. It's Wednesday, September 20th, 2023. DHS Council seeks to simplify cyber incident reporting rules. On Tuesday, the Department of Homeland Security's Cyber Incident Reporting Council delivered a 100-page report that recommends revamping cyber incident reporting requirements imposed on U.S. critical infrastructure operators. The Cyber Incident Reporting Council is comprised of the Office of the National Cyber Director, Federal Trade Commission, and the Departments of Energy, Treasury, Defense, and Justice. The report found that critical infrastructure entities face a dizzying 45 active reporting requirements from 22 different federal agencies with an additional five under consideration. Harmonizing these requirements is expected to help both private sector and federal government better understand the threat landscape while helping them to prioritize their efforts. All right.
like obviously community it's, it's a pen it's a picture of jen easterly jen jen's running running <laughs> jen's running things over there so um you know whatever we we pay we pay homage via the squad emote um yeah it, it, <laughs> it's a david ends in y so there's a jen sighting in the CISO series um anyways so guys, check it out. We talked about this yesterday around um, the 16 critical infrastructures in federal government attempting to harmonize, i.e. Uh, align and, and, you know, kind of disentangle and make, you know, like find synergy in economies of scale in the reporting requirements for the different industries. Our lady saint of cybersecurity, Jen Easterly, that's right. Did we just become best friends? Yep. That's right, Emmanuel Dark. Well put, well put. Um, so, I, you know what? We might have to get a sound effect of like Jen Easterly saying something cool, like, you know, like shut it down or, you know, like that's not going to cut it or something like that or whatever. I don't know. Anyways, uh, this is a concerted federal government effort. Now, I, what I want to say is we talked about it yesterday. The idea behind it is grand, but the implementation of it is going to take years. Okay. And in the United States, when you do years, you have to go through multiple administrations, multiple elected officials. Right now in the United States, there's really a lot of uh, political turmoil and strife, um, a lot of personal agendas and stuff going on. So it, it, objectively speaking, I like this idea. Uh, practically speaking, it's going to be a tough row to hoe. Uh, what I will say, and I think Lisa Fox said this on Team Replay about the California privacy bill story that we talked about yesterday, like this maybe isn't going to work like fully and get implemented fully, but it is a step in the right direction. We are talking about harmonizing. We are talking about cutting some federal bloat and making things practical. The final thing that I will point out about this is that don't think about this exclusively as uh, like reporting requirements. Like let's say that BSEC works at a transportation company, critical infrastructure, and he's got to report to like different agencies if there's a breach. Or um, let's say Russell works at an energy company and there's multiple requirements for reporting within the energy sector or even healthcare and HIPAA, right? Okay, so, oh my God, the, the overbearing and burden of having to report. But check this out. You got to think about it from the consumer perspective as well, the federal government. The, in good faith, they designed all these laws for reporting, but they were doing it kind of siloed and, you know, point solutions like, oh, there's an incident or an issue here, lesson learned, we need to have better reporting requirements, let's put them in place. So it's almost like a first draft. You know how sometimes like when you build something, instead of continuing to cobble together and like patchwork and add things on top of it and it's kind of a Frankenstein's monster, sometimes you need to take all the lessons learned and clear it out and then rebuild from scratch a 2.0 version based on everything you know. And, and ultimately, it's a huge pain in the A because it's a step backwards, but in the long term, it's beneficial. That's what's going to happen with this. They need to like clear the cupboards out, wipe the workbench off and start anew, uh, which is going to be hard. Right. But the, but the reason I'm saying it is because as a federal government, as an institution, if we're trying to consume these reporting events and trying to make actionable intel to be able to share across the federal government and the private sector. Right. Which is one of CISA's like main goals. Right. Or objectives. 
you need to streamline all those reporting or else you're going to run into a situation where like, you know, I'm seeing some behavior, some threat actor thing. Emotet is back, right? For example, Emotet's back and I report it up, but like every other industry doesn't find out about it, right? And we don't move quickly and swiftly. CISA, which by the way, this is why Jen, it says DHS council, but the reason that they have Jen in the picture is because CISA has been making this con concerted effort to engage public private sector, to have just in time um, updates and advisories and like known exploited vulnerabilities catalog that gets updated all the time. This is practical real time information that is timely and actionable. And the only way you're going to increase the efficacy of that timely and actual content that's being produced and made consumable for practitioners like you and I is if you basically clean up the hot mess that it is right now, right? It's like, it's like a dumpster fire, but it works, right? It's a dumpster fire, but it works. So if you can kind of put out the dumpster fire and rebuild, you're going to have a better, faster, more optimized process. Hell, yeah, oh, sorry, Kennedy. You might even have um, the ability to start to work in APIs and webhooks and integrations because there'll be like a standard protocol for reporting, maybe reporting into one organization like CISA, and then CISA notifies if it's energy, it goes to the Department of Energy. If it's, uh, it, well, it goes to the Department of Energy and the FBI and the CIA, right? And maybe if it's transportation, it goes to uh, Department of Commerce, right? You see what I'm saying? Like, I, I think this is a great idea. And I think the reason that they're considering it is because they're tired of just slapping on more duct tape and fishing line and making it kind of work and kicking the can down the road. Which, by the way, like, again, this is why I'm such a Jen Easterly fan, okay? I know there's other people behind the scenes driving this in addition to Jen, but Jen, like, she's done it multiple times, and this is why I like her, okay? Jen attacks a problem. Instead of kicking it down the road and, like, just doing enough to, like, make it a little better and pushing it down, she's taking on challenges that other people have just punted on. And like that initiative and that level of commitment and hard work and quality is is commendable and respectable. That's why I'm a Jen Easterly fan. Okay. All right. Let's let's continue. UK passes the online safety bill on Tuesday. The British government's controversial online safety bill finally completed its passage through Parliament. Notably, the bill does not include a ban on end-to-end -end encryption, which tech companies claimed would nullify user protections, with some even threatening to pull their services out of the country instead of compromising this feature. The law does contain a provision that could require messaging platforms to use accredited technology to identify certain content like terrorism and child sexual abuse material if they're ordered to do so by the communications regulator Ofcom. It should be noted that no accredited technology currently exists and that Ofcom is yet to set out how it would go about accrediting such technology all right so uh, there's a bunch of things here okay one the uk is pushing out legislation around online safety right which is no one's going to complain with online safety like i want my kids online and safe you got to remember the internet is an incredibly hostile environment and there's only one internet right it's not like there's like there's not like a uh, public sector main street white picket fence, Sunshine Valley internet. And then there's like the seedy other side of the track, um, you know, dystopian future, rough, rugged and raw uh, cityscape internet is one internet. And, <laughs> and we all got to live on it, right? So I appreciate the, the drive for the online safety bill. Now, what you should read this 
is also as the UK passes like privacy invasion bill, <laughs> right? And the UK part of GDPR and the European Union, actually, I don't know with Brexit, I don't know if they're part of the European Union anymore, but my point is they're, they're very forward on privacy. So one of the big things was uh, banning end-to-end -end encryption, which would be a major uh, privacy um, compromise. And the argument was, well, criminals are using end-to-end -end encryption to hide from law enforcement. Uh, ch you know, child predators are using end-to-end uh, -end encryption to hide their behaviors and make it difficult for law enforcement to find them. And then the other side of the argument is privacy rights advocates and technology companies being like, no, just because like, just because I want to like text Stephen Mount, doesn't mean that we're like you know, collaborating on some epic crime spree. I just don't want you to know when I'm texting Stephen Mount. And I think that that right to privacy is completely warranted. Just because you don't want to share doesn't mean what you're protecting is um, is illicit or something like that. And that's like a big, you know, like moral argument. A lot of people like get wrapped around about like privacy and it's like, oh, like I've got nothing to hide. Like, ugh. and I'm not going to make this a privacy episode, but I've come a long way on how I feel about privacy, okay? Um, the only other thing I'm going to say is, yes, uh, they talk about in this story, so I, I recommend you go. It's a 225-page law. doesn't ban end-to-end -end encryption, but it does introduce a lot of safety and security requirements on the platform. So, like, children can't access an appropriate comment without legal demands. Um, platforms... It's got, they're going to put it on the platform like Meta, like Twitter, like Telegram or whatever uh, to protect content that's of journalistic importance. So it can't be like, you know, I guess um, rated or, or, you know, misinformation campaigns, I guess, stuff like that. And of course, <laughs> just like GDPR, cash, homie. The, um, the law has massive financial fines. Um, if not followed, including, by the way, I love this. So we always joke about the flat rate number, $22 million, right? For Meta or Microsoft who makes like $50 billion, a $20 million, like that would break me, right? But, but for a company that makes billions, $20 million, it's like the cost of doing business, right? But if you say a percentage of their revenue, oh my, now we're talking pain. That's like, that is the pain train right there. So I do like that. Um, and finally, the one thing I will say, because I just learned about this recently, um, or ask me a jawjacking, we're doing jawjacking. Ask me about uh, Ryan Montgomery, a YouTube video I recently saw of him um, and how he combats, you know, CSAM and child predators and stuff like that. Uh, based on what I saw, again, I'll talk about it at jawjacking, which is a, a period of time after the news ends. Um, you don't need to ban end, -end, end encryption to catch these uh, predators and, and, and you know deviants uh, because they're not really trying to hide themselves. They're 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 not good at opsec. All right, all right. Let's keep going. Finland and Europol take down Pilipwadi marketplace. Oh yeah. Law enforcement officials in Finland joined forces with Europol and cybersecurity firm Bitdefender to take down the Pilipwadi dark web marketplace. According to Finnish Customs, the platform operated on the Tor network since May of 2022, allowing people to smuggle and sell drugs and paraphernalia into Finland. Bitdefender confirmed it provided guidance to law enforcement agencies, saying, quote, This operation is a prime example of the public and private sector pooling resources and working together to disrupt illegal online activities. Yeah. End quote. Get it. Regular.
I love it. Way to go, Europol. I mean, secretly, uh, I wish Interpol was involved. I love, I love Interpol. I think they're like the, I think they're like BAs. Like, I love it. Um, guys, all I'm going to say about this story is it takes coordinated law enforcement action to take down online marketplaces. Unfortunately, you know, the original one was Silk Road and Russ, Ross Ulbrich, who's in jail forever now. Um, but every time th there is a market demand, let's talk economics 101. There is a market demand for people to want to buy illicit goods. Okay. Whether it's drugs, whether it's weapons, whether it's, you know, papers like, you know, um, fake passports, fake driver's license, right? You want to, you want to get in the, um, you want to go, uh, I don't know, get into a bar and you're 16, you get fake papers. You want to cross, you know, like into, you want to fly, you're on the no fly list and you want to fly, you get fake papers, whatever. So there's always going to be a market for it because there's going to be a market for it. Unfortunately, this Pula Pulti, um, marketplace, which I've never heard of access it through the onion router tour browser. Um, and basically it's on the dark web. Uh, this one goes down. I guarantee you another one's going to pop up. Um, whoever didn't get arrested that was involved in the administration and operation of this online marketplace is going to take their, uh, take a chance. They're going to roll the dice and go for it. Um, usually, usually with these, um, uh, takedowns, these international takedowns. I, I was lucky enough to attend B-Sides Charleston 2022 last year. The keynote speaker was two FBI agents who were involved in the takedown of the Emotet infrastructure, Emotet 1, the original one. And they had to do a lot of interagency collaboration, um, you know, different law enforcement departments and stuff. And you got to remember, not only are you doing, you know, like sharing intel and, and coordinating, but like when it's go time, like when you're going to kick in the door and arrest somebody, like you need to do that super coordinated because like chances are this particular instance, there were multiple criminals arrested at the same exact time. Because if I kick in, let's make some criminals right now. NSA virus rab, Emmanuel Dark and Lyle Murden are running the Simply Cyber dark web marketplace, okay? If I kick in the door, if Europol kicks in the door of Lyle, right? And then like six hours later, kicks in NSA Virus Lab store, there's a massive gap of time where NSA Virus Lab very likely could figure out that Lyle has been taken down and can A, get the heck out of Dodge, B, notify Emmanuel Dark and other members of the criminal operation and make backups, bring the marketplace down, change IP addresses, like whatever. You need to coordinate the execution of the takedown both digitally to seize the server, grab the data, and physically of actually breaking into people's apartments or homes and arresting them before they can destroy evidence, before they can flee and escape themselves. It's a major, major production, okay? Really, really serious. So I love that they do it. I love the vigilance because, again, a marketplace is going to pop up right in, in place of this one. But you know what? You, um, you smack around the bad guys long enough, hopefully... Um, they're deterred from wanting to take on the risk, right? Catch me outside. How about that? Clorox products running short amidst cyber attack cleanup. Last month, Clorox said via an SEC filing that cyber attackers had caused disruption requiring significant cleanup efforts. 
In an incident update filed with the SEC this week, Clorox said the cyber attack caused wide-scale disruptions and forced the company into manual ordering and processing procedures and a reduced rate of operations. As a result, Clorox is experiencing, quote, an elevated level of consumer product availability issues, end quote. The company said it's still repairing its IT infrastructure and won't start transitioning back to automated order processing until next week. All right. And now. Well, if you were an adult during the pandemic, um, you know, <laughs> you guys remember like uh, shortages on toilet paper and just like weird stuff like that. Apparently, you know, Clorox got hit. Um, and even though they are a, you know, kind of chemical company, they are a manufacturing company. They manufacture the crap out of some products. And manufacturing is the number one hit industry by ransomware. And the reason is because when the manufacturing assembly line stops moving, it you literally can just watch the money stop coming. Think about a faucet, okay? You turn a faucet on, the water's running. That is straight cash, homie. That's money. That water running out of that faucet, that is straight cash, homie. The business can walk into the bathroom, look at the faucet, give themselves like one of these fist bumps, right? Like, ooh, yeah, making money, right? And then they can leave. Now, that, that money is because the piping, i.e. the manufacturing and everything, is running fine. Ransomware tech basically throws like one of those, um, oh my God, what, what is it, that tape stick? Um, oh my God, the, the, there, there's a famous meme. It's like the guy would spray the screen door and make a boat out of it, except there's like tape and they slap it on the, uh, the leaking thing. Basically, ransomware does that to the pipe. So when the business comes in and they see no water flowing, they're like, ah, we're not making money. And like for that period of time where the water's not flowing, they're not making money. And this is what you're seeing now. By the way, it is not, and this is a tough thing for businesses to wrap their head around. So I would introduce, I would introduce this to the business. I would introduce this during tabletop exercises. Manufacturing goes down today, okay? And it's down for a week. Flex Seal, thank you. Ransomware is like Flex Seal, okay? So manufacturing goes down today. Today is September 20th. It goes down for three days. It's very easy in manufacturing for the business to equate one hour of time to revenue, right? Like for every hour we're down, we're making not, we're missing out on this revenue. The problem is the pain is not felt immediately because you've already got a ton of product on the shelves, you got a ton of product in the warehouse, you got a ton of product on the on the uh, trucks, you got a ton of product in the loading bay, right? So it takes a while for it to go downstream, but at some point, at some point, there's going to be like an air bubble in the flow, right? Or you know, in the in the hose, and when that air bubble hits, baby, ooh, you're going to see a dip in sales because there literally won't be crap on the shelf to sell. All right. So anyways, this is a, like, dude, like bookmark this one. If you work in manufacturing, bookmark this one, because this is a quintessential case study on the impact of ransomware to financials of a business. And it's a Clorox, like who doesn't know Clorox? Clorox has successfully achieved where like their name, no one says, get me bleach. People say, get me Clorox, even if it's like generic version of bleach. Clorox has the name branding. Like, that's how effective they are at marketing. So anybody you talk to, Mrs. Boss, Mr. Boss, Mrs. or Mr. Client, doesn't matter. They're going to know Clorox, and they're going to understand what this impact is, right? So that's the deal.
A word from our sponsor, Hyperproof. We get it. You're a risk manager or compliance professional, and you're overworked. You're trying to do the right thing by keeping your company safe and secure, but your technology is holding you back. Why not upgrade to Hyperproof? Hyperproof is a platform that not only eliminates the manual tasks you dread, but helps you scale security. Get a demo today at hyperproof.io. Ah, hold on. I shouldn't reply to DMs while, <laughs> while I'm streaming. All right. Yeah, Hyperproof. Here we go. Hey, I don't know if we had any first-timers in chat today. If there was a first-timer, um, please holler at us. I would love to know uh, who the first-timers are. Also, um, let's go. If you're your first time, I want you to know that this is what we do every day. All right, guys. Super pumped. Really appreciate it. I hope you're being entertained. I hope you're being educated. I hope you're getting so much value from this stream that you're like, this has got to be part of my morning routine. This is too good. Or my evening routine for my Australian friends. I know some people like to um, sip on a little bit of a um, nightcap and catch the stream. So whatever it is you're doing, I hope you're getting value and I hope you are enjoying yourself. Doobie1471 says, first time live, replay for three, like, three weeks. Love what you're doing. Boom. Welcome. Hey, Net Setup, welcome first timer. Hey, Net Setup, let me tell you something, okay? Um, thank you for being here. Do me a favor, whether you're Net Setup and it's your first day, or you are, um, let's see, who's who, like, Base Case, or anyone with the blue, anybody with the blue logo. Let me see if I can find a blue logo. Kimberly can fix it, perfect. If you've been here a long time or it's your first time, hit the like button. Basically, on YouTube, if you hit the like button, enough of us will do it, and it will trigger a algorithm push to people searching for cybersecurity content on YouTube, which is how we grow the community and how we pay it forward to each other. So do me a solid. We're just having a little mid-roll fun right now, so hit the like button really quickly and do, do, do me a solid. Guys, I want to... Ooh, Priceless Pancake with the Super Chat. We just become best friends. Yep. Priceless Pancake, first time going to a CyberCon today. Shout out to the James McQuiggan for letting me know what was going on near me. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. Networking, man. Priceless Pancake, enjoy the crap out of that conference. We have a video on the channel featuring Base Case, Deb the Deb, and BSEC on how to maximize your conference experience. So go check that out. Guys, I want to say shout out and thanks to uh, Anti-Siphon Training. Anti-Siphon Training is here to disrupt traditional training by providing high-quality, cutting-edge education to everyone, regardless of their financial position. They offer students the opportunity to learn skills, practice what's taught, and engage with the community. They are freaking awesome. Grab the link and... Oh, hey, Hurley Pro. Hey, um, gra grab the link in the description below. And what I want to tell you is go to the training, pay-what-you-can training, and this is all pay-what-you-can, so $0, $0.00, $20, $500, whatever you want. Now, one thing I want to point out, this content is amazing and know that the calendar gets updated regularly. I had someone DM me last night or, or message me on LinkedIn or something like that and say that um, the course that I was talking about wasn't available for free. The on-demand courses do cost money. The live in-person trainings are pay what you can. So bookmark this link and come back to it because it's constantly being updated. All right? Guys, I want to holler at the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Josh Mason, a mod and longtime member, 
took it upon himself to take the baton. I did not have a chance to see the post. I hope he did it and didn't uh, flake out on it. So Josh Mason is going to tag somebody in chat right now. The Simply Cyber Community Challenge is an opportunity for you to supercharge your LinkedIn network and your LinkedIn feed. If you've had a good experience with the challenge, please let us know in the comments or in chat right now. Guys, here's the deal. Josh is gonna tag somebody. When Whoever gets the baton will accept it. Go on LinkedIn, share your story, tag me, and use the hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge. What will happen is, what will happen is, you will be able to um, uh, connect with people, go find this hashtag, comment on the posts. You'll get picked up in the Peloton because what you need to do is connect with everybody posting, connect with everybody in the comments. This is a basically a proactive hack to build your LinkedIn network and supercharge it. So what is the impact? Do this for two weeks. Your LinkedIn network will grow, which is amazing. You will notice that the LinkedIn feed is full of inclusive, supportive, awesome cybersecurity resources and conversations. If that's what you want, strongly encourage it. Hopefully you've seen like... Um, uh, Hurley and Hurley Pro and Net Net First Timer. Listen, hopefully you've seen what Chat's doing and how awesome it is. We take it to LinkedIn and we basically like appropriate the feed to make it awesome for us. So go check it out right now. Uh, appreciate that. We'll let Josh Mason pick somebody um, up in chat and we'll go for it there. So Josh, please tag somebody and uh, let us know in mod chat if they accept. Hackers breached international criminal court systems. On Tuesday, the International Criminal Court said it was responding to a cybersecurity incident causing anomalous activity on its IT systems. The ICC said it's currently investigating the incident with assistance from Dutch authorities. The ICC also outlined plans to strengthen its cybersecurity defenses, including expediting the adoption of cloud technology. The ICC, which is investigating war crimes in Ukraine, has had to fend off similar threats in the past, as last year it stopped a Russian spy from infiltrating the court by posing as a Brazilian intern. All right. Threat so, <clears throat> I believe this is uh, hacktivism. Okay, we don't see hacktivism a lot, but to me, this has all the hallmarks of hacktivism. So, really quickly, <clears throat> when we think of... Um, and this is this is more for um, people looking to break into the industry and for newer people who are in the industry. By the way, if you're new into the industry, congratulations! Super super happy for you. All right. <clears throat> so here's the deal. Um, you have to think about. There, not all threat actors are created equal. Some of them are more sophisticated. Some of them are crude. Some of them don't know what they're doing and just you know buy access to malware and stuff like that. But there's also what's the motivation, right? So really quickly, APTs, advanced persistent threats, nation state sponsored threat actors. They're typically uh, national power and geographically, uh, you know, ge geopolitically motivated, right? They're doing espionage. They're trying to uh, oppress whoever, their own citizens, their adversaries, whatever. Then there's cyber criminals, and, you know, they're pretty easy. Cash, they just want to get paid, okay? Lockbit, Alfie, um, La you know, well, Lazarus is a special example. But um, then there are hacktivists, okay? Now, hacktivists, they don't come up often, but they are ideologically motivated. You can't pay them off. You can't, they're like, they're like hellbent on, like, a, um, their, their, their principles, right? And you see this, Anonymous is like a really famous hacking collective. 
uh, that it, a hacktivist collective. So you can look at that. But in this instance, hackers breached the international uh, criminal court system. Now, why is it hacktivism? A couple things. One, the ICC uh, recently is passed legislation around uh, defining what cybersecurity crimes are and being able to hold people accountable for that. They released a um, they released an arrest warrant for Vladimir Putin, considering crimes linked to Russia's invasion of Ukraine in March of 23. This alone is enough to suggest uh, hacktivism, right? Um, I don't know if Russia recognizes the ICC. I don't know how this arrest warrant gets served or anything like that. But this is pretty pretty big. Um, Russia has a Russia basically has a cache of cybersecurity practitioners, for lack of a better term, at the nation state level, but also cyber criminals who operate with immunity inside of Russia's borders as long as they attack Russia's adversaries and don't attack Russia citizens themselves. And I suspect uh, Putin can tap them and ask them to specifically target some type of target as part of their like, I scratch your back, you scratch my back situation. So not a surprise. I have to imagine the goal of the uh, I, the, the hacktivists in this instance are to do espionage, figure out what the ICC is investigating, figure out what type of evidence they may have, figure out who, like who is actually working um, on the cases that involve the things that they care about. And then ultimately, this is an example where Pegasus Software might get involved. Pegasus Software is the really, really sophisticated spyware software that can uh, be installed on people's iPhones with zero clicks. Um, very expensive piece of software, so you don't really use it unless you you know, can fund it, first of all. And then second of all, you have a use case for it. And I could see that this as a use case, right? So anyways, flag this one as a hacktivism. Be mindful of it. This isn't really, for the most people in the Simply Cyber community, this isn't going to impact your day-to-day, -day, but it is interesting uh, geopolitically. And it's worth noting, again, that the ICC is beginning to in, uh, include cybercrime into the scope of the crimes that they're willing to um, bring bring to justice or bring to, uh, you know, bring to bear under their court system. Which is new Linux backdoor and espionage campaign. Researchers have identified a Chinese-linked threat actor known as Earth Luska conducting cyber espionage campaigns dating back to 2021. In the first half of 2023, Earth Luska has been primarily targeting government departments involved in foreign affairs and technology and telecommunications in Southeast Asia, Central Asia, and the Balkans. The researchers were able to decrypt a version of the threat actor's payload, which they found on VirusTotal, thereby uncovering a previously unknown Linux-targeted backdoor, which they named Spryrox. This backdoor originates from the open source Windows backdoor Trocolis, with several functions being re-implemented for Linux systems. And what? Okay. So first of all, it's called spot uh, according to the article, it's spry socks, not spry rocks, as the reporter said in the story there. Um, <clears throat> this is Earth Luska, China linked cyber espionage actor. I'm not familiar with that one. I'm not familiar with that one. Oh, 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 by the way, I actually have a um this is terrible. This is classic Simply Cyber, by the way. <laughs> I have a programming note or a um, a correction. Um, recently on the show, I said that FireEye has the naming convention of like uh, Wizard Spider or Flaming Donkey or Cozy Bear or Fancy Bear. 
you know, dancing panda or whatever. And someone in chat, correct or re, team replay, corrected me. It's CrowdStrike. CrowdStrike does that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna um, follow on that sword. I made a mistake. Uh, so just just be mindful. All the different threat, uh, all the different uh, security vendors have their own naming convention for threat actors. Okay. So and CrowdStrike's got one of the the more the ones that get picked up in the media more often. So two things here. Okay. Two things here. One. Linux backdoors, okay? Like China, they're all about espionage. Linux is vulnerable to um, malware, so don't think it isn't. And secondly, it isn't always about like the newest, hottest piece of malware, right? It's not some like leet developer cracking stuff. Uh, this particular piece of Linux malware uh, was an amalgamation of other pieces of previous malware that was known and kind of blended together. And it sounds like uh, somebody... Um, Somebody po like got infected by it and posted it up to um, Virus Total, and you know basically it was like a new piece of unique malware. And security researchers um, basically looked at it, and then the story kind of broke, right? So it's kind of funny, but it it shows you that sharing malware samples again. If you don't know how to handle malware, do not do not handle malware or take a class on how to ma malware for handle malware first. But it is funny how like security researchers and stuff can blow open a, you know, state sponsored, sophisticated first world power piece of malware and, and get it shared and stuff like that. And really quickly, I just want to share this. This is such a great resource. And I, I didn't find out about this until later in my career. So I know maybe it's, maybe it's old hat now, but guys, virus total, is a great, great resource for a quick check on a URL if it's malicious, uh, a, a weird file, you can upload it here. Be mindful if you are gonna upload a file, it becomes public domain immediately. So, you know, if if you got like an executive and he's like, I don't know this financial forecasting 2023 Excel spreadsheet or financial forecasting 24 seems sus. Uh, don't don't maybe just throw that on virus total right away. Maybe do some like internal sandbox looking at it first before just just to avoid accidentally data leaking yourself uh but virustotal.com great great website another like one to just to add to your toolbox uh, that i use all the time is urlscan.io anytime i get some type of stupid url and a phishing message or a smishing message i drop it in url scan and it basically it's a prophylactic for using the internet it'll basically go out and check that website and pull back whatever it is without you having to get um your hands dirty or get you know get any of that sticky cotton candy malware on your fingers you see what i'm saying all right so that's that's what's up oh it's time for you should probably patch that trend micro and gitlab edition Trend Micro fixed a critical severity remote code execution zero-day vulnerability in its Apex One endpoint protection solution that was actively exploited in attacks. The flaw is rated 9.1 on the CVSS scale and exploits a bug in a third-party uninstaller module supplied with the security software. Trend Micro has provided a full list of vulnerable products and encouraged customers to update to the latest versions as soon as possible. Meanwhile, GitLab has released security fixes for a critical vulnerability that allows attackers to run pipelines as other users via scheduled security scan policies. The flaw impacts GitLab Community Edition and Enterprise Edition versions 13.12 through 16.2.7 and versions 16.3 through 16.3.4. 
The flaw could result in attackers accessing sensitive info or abusing the impersonated user's permissions to run code, modify data, or trigger specific events within GitLab. Again, customers are strongly urged to upgrade to the latest versions. All right. And by the way, stay tuned to the jawjacking where I will share the number one resource I love for malware analysis. Like I use VirusTotal and URL scan, but like I've got I've got a a, a bomb uh, resource that I love using. I'll tell you about that during jawjacking. So Trend Micro, here's the deal, guys. Operationally speaking, if you are running Mike Trend Micro's Apex One endpoint in your environment, if it's your EDR. Trend Micro's Apex One, this is requires you to take action. Send this to your IT staff, unless you have a security technology team that manages the EDR. Smaller businesses may not have that. And you just need to get this fixed you know, ASAP. Also, as far as fixing it goes, it's easy to fix 80% of the machines, right? Like, you know, like all these people's machines that are connected and easy to see from the endpoint manager, but... Let's say Carl is in Turks Caicos doing a sales meeting, right? Let's say, you know, Jan is on bereavement, right? And and isn't connecting for a few weeks. You need to be vigilant, whether you're patching or, you know, fixing some critical zero day or something like that. Th this is basically an EDR is a technology that will be on endpoints. That's what the E stands for, endpoints. So you're talking about your business users and I'm just saying, like doing 80% of them, yeah, it feels good, but like the work is actually getting 100% of them done, doing that extra 20%. Some machines are off the network. Some machines are in a special lab. Some machines aren't going to connect for two weeks or whatever. So just be mindful. This isn't a, a lot of people, like especially junior people, will like think it's just like hit the button and there you go. And it's not that you hit the button and then you have to like look at what you missed and then hit the button again and then maybe follow up with specific users. Um, obviously, you want your executives and finance team to definitely uh, make sure that their EDRs are correct and running. Um, the other thing worth noting, if you're an MSP, right, maybe you're a smaller IT service provider, a lot of small and medium sized businesses, mostly small businesses, if you don't know don't have dedicated IT staff. They pay some managed service provider, which is basically outsourced IT, to manage their IT. You come in, you set up the network, you know, oh, hey, my computer's kind of funky right now. Oh, I'll be right there. I'll remote in, whatever, right? This is what MSPs do. So if you are, this, this kills me, worry-free business security solution, right? Which is basically uh, Trend Micro's catchy commercial verbiage for small and medium business to have a turnkey worry-free solution for business security services. Essentially what I think this is, is like a pretty little wrapper tied with a bow. And it's like, it's supposed to be sold as an easy button. If you're an MSP using this, or one of your clients is like, no, 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 Jerry, please deliver IT services, but don't worry about security. We got the worry-free business security. So we're worry-free. Guess what? You shouldn't be worry-free because you are in, uh, you're, <laughs> there's an actively exploited vulnerability out there. So you might want to get that sorted out. So just be mindful. Apex One is what you need to be worried about, but it could also fall under a different name of worry-free business. Okay. So that's what's up. Also want to point out, this isn't even a problem with Apex One solution. There is a third-party uninstaller module that comes with the solution. So now we're looking at supply chain risk, supply chain issues, downstream. Has nothing to do with all the talented people at 
Trend Micro, it has to do with something someone else made somewhere else. So just be mindful of that. All right. FTC denies blame for Microsoft Xbox leak. Late Monday evening, what some are describing as the biggest leak in Xbox history took place and apparently stemmed from Microsoft's dealings with the FTC related to the Activision Blizzard acquisition. In addition to documents related to the acquisition, Microsoft appears to have also accidentally uploaded a series of highly sensitive PDFs and slides that revealed Microsoft's plans for Xbox, including new consoles, Game Pass fees, expected subscriber growth rates, and an upcoming list of games. On Tuesday, the FTC confirmed that Microsoft was responsible for the errant file upload. The judges ordered the removal of the documents with final exhibits due for re-upload by September 22nd. Jesus. And uh, mods, can I get an animated GIF of like somebody losing their mind or like the F it will do it live? Like, guys, there was a story like I think Monday, I think yesterday or at least at least last week where Microsoft had some misconfigured um, public facing uh, database. And there were mass. It was a massive data leak, right? Wasn't it Microsoft, if I'm not mistaken? Like terabytes of data. Now, my Microsoft is is trying to do this Activision Blizzard acquisition, and some somebody, right? Some business person, somebody part of the um, acquisition team, right? Definitely not an IT person. Put a bunch of files into a into a Dropbox and basically did share link and sent it. Well, instead of, and this is a common problem, and this is not a, this is a cybersecurity problem, but this is an opportunity to educate the end users, right? And general counsel and stuff like that. What it sounds like they did was shared the folder with all of the information, maybe a parent folder, instead of sharing the key documents that were required and being requested from the FTC. So the FTC, of course, is denying involvement. The FTC was like, listen, can you send us the documents related to this acquisition so we can figure out whether or not there's an antitrust lawsuit involved here or this is not good for consumers? And Microsoft's like, yeah, no problem. Right click, save all. Like, there you go. To me, this is a straight up. This is an end user issue. This is a problem made by somebody who was one of two things happened here. Okay, hold on. Speculative hot tape. Speculative hot take. One of two things happened here. Either A, somebody um, didn't know what they were doing and shared the wrong folder, okay? Or two, or, you know, like, and they weren't given awareness that like all of this other data is here, right? Uh, and somebody was putting data into a folder without knowing it. Or two, and this is unfortunately, like this is this is a parallel to back in the day where you would like right click on a folder and change the permissions to everyone. And all of a sudden, all the problems went away that were people were having. They probably requested some documents, right? FTC, and they sent them over. And then the FTC requested more documents and they sent them over, requested more. And then finally, someone was like, bro, I've got a pickleball appointment and I've got really fancy things to go do. I've got highfalutin activities I got to get to. I can't be responding to all of these FTC emails. So go up a folder, right-click, save, share. There you go. Hey, you know what, FTC? You need anything? It's right there. There you go. You can't do that, okay? Data governance is a thing. And by the way, I mean, obviously, you're going to have to do a, a, an impact assessment on this. 
This wasn't publicly shared. It sounds like it was just made available to the FTC. Obviously, people who didn't have permissions would have accessed it. It's unknown whether or not they did. Hopefully, there's auditing and logging so we can see. But this is just... I don't want to call it lazy, but like this is a this 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 happens, and this is why, guys. It takes two seconds to right click, share link, you're done, right? I'm sorry, the work. You're not getting paid to right click, share, save link, go. You're getting paid for the work, which is actually looking. What in the heck am I actually sharing? Is this appropriate? Doing the due diligence. I know we live in like 15 second increments now, but guys. You got to do the work. And and like, I'm not telling you guys to do the work because you guys are going to do the work. But my point is like when you're educating your end users, you know, this one right here, great end user story. Listen, guys, it, all it takes is an extra five minutes, right? To make sure that you're not sharing more than you need to. It's simple as that. Basic data governance, right? Welcome to, I want to say, hold me accountable, NIST 853 AC6, least privilege. Let's do a fact check really quickly. NIST 853, least privilege, uh, hold on, AC6. Let's see what it is. Least privilege, ding, 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 ding. Ha, nerd. Okay, cool. That does it for today's cybersecurity headlines. All right, that does it for today's cybersecurity headlines. If you were here just for the news, we are right at nine o'clock. So thank you very much for being here. I hope you got entertainment value. I hope you got educational value. I hope you made a friend. If today was your first time, we hope you come back every single weekday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern time is when we're throwing down and doing the top cyber news of the day. It's all hot. Now, if you got to get out of here because you're only here for the news and you ain't got time for that, Ain't nobody got time for this. Uh, then I bid you good day and we'll see you tomorrow. Otherwise, let's get into jaw jacking. Jaw jacking's a special segment where we just kick it a little bit more cash. See you in a second. All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Jaw Jacking. I am still your host, uh, <laughs> Jerry, uh, but now we're casual. So I'm Jerry Guy. I'm not Dr. Gerald Dozier. I'm Jerry Guy. So let's let's straight kick it old school and uh, have ourselves a good time, shall we? Let me pick uh, some. We'll get some some good midnight music going. All right, guys. So let me let me uh, share with you guys. I love love love. Any dot run. If you guys don't know any run, let me share it with you really quickly. Okay. Any dot run. That's the URL. Any dot run. This this is awesome. If you guys use any run, you know what's up. Um, let's hunt. Hold on, I might have to log in. Let me let me give me a second. <laughs> do 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 do. I, I just want to show you because it is so freaking awesome. Okay. Ooh. All right. So they got an update. No surprise here. Any run now uh, has ChatGPT integrated. Like, welcome to 2023, where, like, my blender has ChatGPT implemented. Hey, I see you're trying to make a smoothie. <laughs> All right. So, dude, any.run, you can just, like, you drop, like, new task. You can copy a URL. You could drop some malware in here, whatever you want. And it'll, it'll like, it'll run it. Now, let me just show you. Um, if I can, I haven't used it in a little bit. Let me, hold on. They have public tasks so we can look at someone. So someone, uh, just a few minutes ago, 
ran this URL. This people ran this HTML file, uh, Windows 32-bit, um, and threat detected. So let's look at it, right? Look at, so here it is, it's running. Oh my God, bro, what, what is going on here? All I want to do is do a demo. Can we, can we please? I think it's maybe my screen's too big. Yeah. So check it out. It, it detonates it up here. It shows you all of the uh, processes and services being spun up. It'll show you all the DNS requests and whether or not they're malicious. Any network connections. Dude, it used to take forever. You'd have to set up like a pate DNS. You'd have to put all these you know, things in place for your malware analysis sandbox. It, it's a pain in the A, right? Any.run, wicked awesome. Look, ChatGPT giving a malware analysis report. Boom, baby. Anyways, I'm not affiliated. I don't I don't get paid. Any.run hasn't given me any money to say that. I just love this freaking uh, platform. Shall we play a game? All right. So what's up, everybody? Uh, looking at... Did we get a... Um, a baton pass. Do we get a baton pass? Let's see. Uh, let me know. I, I see mention of Rob, but I don't know if a baton pass was actually made. So. <laughs> All right. So we're going to answer some questions I see coming in here. Um, Zico Paul says, good morning. I have I have a second round of interview this morning for a risk analyst role. Any tips? Yeah, man. So first of all, congratulations. Second of all, from a risk analyst perspective, Zico, do me a favor. Like take any of the stories that we covered today, right? Like, let me just look really quickly for you. Um, do, do, do. Um, like I'm looking right now, right? T like, you know, be clear, get ready, um, drink some water, you know, be yourself. I saw a comment. Don't try to like fudge answers. But what I would say, whether it comes up or not, you're probably going to be asked, how do you stay current, right? You could say this show, but like think of it from a risk perspective and how you might be able to include. So this DHS story, you could be like, they're like, oh, give us an example or whatever. You'd be like, oh man, like, I don't know if you guys saw, but DHS is trying to harmonize all the different critical infrastructures reporting requirements from a risk perspective uh this is really interesting because part of our risk is making sure that we comply with regulations and having to know which where we're reporting how we're reporting is really um something to be top of mind and as this changes i'm going to be keeping a close eye on it because i need to make sure that we're complying and and you know i really appreciate that the harmonization will allow us to expedite our reporting and be able to, you know, stay compliant and then be able to focus on real things. So, like, you could say something like that to that story. Uh, for this one, let's not worry about that because you're probably not in the UK. For this one, dark web marketplace, eh, not so much risk. Um, this one right here, Clorox, supply chain, cash money, right? Oh, hey, like, I don't know if you guys saw, but Clorox is actually talking about um, shortages and financial impacts because of a cyber attack that they had recently. When I'm thinking about risk, it's not just about the now and then, uh, the here and now of risk, but also the downstream impact of a cyber incident. So yeah, we're down today, but what is the risk of that long-term? It's really important to incorporate the business side, the financial side, the engineering people when we're doing these risk calculations because risk doesn't really operate in a vacuum. 
right? I mean, what are your thoughts, interviewer? Boom! High five. They're like, when can you start? And you're like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know if I want this job. I'll get back to you. Have my people call your people. All right. Just just an idea of how you might want to handle that. Pick a story. Think through it. Okay. Um, casually, Joseph, is that gut bomb green drink that you had in Vegas? I wish. This is AG1. Guys, I'm not really impressed. I'm beginning to think that AG1 is spending more of their money on marketing and hype engines than actual product. This, this, I've been, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm probably going to quit drinking it after the next round. I, I'm trying to give it a fair assessment, but no, it's not the gut bomb drink in Vegas. I'm still trying to find out what that thing was. I drank one of these green drink, soy, grass, kale, whatever drinks in Vegas and uh, TMI, dude, from like, I drank it at noon from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. I felt like my, like from my nipples to my belly button was a self-cleaning oven. Whew, it was something else. All right. Would you say cybersecurity is more future-proof than software engineering? Cyber daddy? <laughs> um, is, I mean, cybersecurity for sure is future-proof. Dude, as long, like, we're getting more and more hyper-connected, right, Pietro? More and more hyper-connected. And the more people doing things online, we're, get, we're going to digital currency, right? The U.S. is trying to launch a digital currency. As long as there is money there, cash, there's going to be threat actors and criminals trying to get access to it. As long as there are businesses operating with an online independence on third-party softwares and as a service and stuff like that, there's going to be need to protect it because bad guys are going to want to get into it. And by the way, data is the new gold. So... If you're producing and, and harvesting data and it's worth value and cash money and you could sell it as a business, you're not going to want to give it away for free. So you're going to want to protect it. Yeah, cyber is definitely future proof. As far as software engineering goes, I mean, honestly, I would say yes, because you can't have ChatGPT think like a threat actor necessarily, but you can have it kind of write code a little bit. All right. What are the usual things to look for at any.run? I mean, it depends what you're trying to do. I'm just you. But, I mean, you could drop your own malware on it. Um, when you're looking at the public tasks, it's cool to be able to see, you know, like from an academic perspective, like Emotet or what is, um, let's see, like they talked about this Linux, China linked actor taps Linux backdoor. Hold on, you can't see that. Like if you say you were really motivated, right? I don't think any.run has a Linux box you can detonate on though. Does it? Hold on, let me see. Yeah, unfortunately, any.run doesn't have a Linux box, but just maybe in the promo they do. But like for an example, maybe you um, go on to, maybe you go, where is the story? God dang it. I think I, I think I accidentally X'd it out. But basically, say there's a story about Redline Info Stealer, right? You could grab it from Malware Bazaar or grab it from VirusTotal and drop it in any.run and actually see what it does, what it looks like, right? Get get your hands dirty with it. All right. Uh, Dave Robbins. Hey, Jerry, what were, where was your vid on how to get the most out of a conference? Oh, okay. Yeah, hold on one second. Do, do, do. Ready? Dude, I got to tell you guys, one of my favorite things to say is I got a video for that. I love... Um, I love it. How to conference Deb Wiggly. Here, let's see if I get that. Uh, do, 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 do. 
Uh, all right, hold on one second. Oh my god, that's share. Um, hold on one second. I, I'll get it for you. Uh, actually, mods. Uh, hold on. I'll, I'll just I'll do it really quickly. It's definitely worth it. I definitely want to help um, everybody here. So let me talk amongst yourselves. Here it is. This is it right here. This is it. Uh, whoever asked for it, who asked for it? Dave, David Robbins. Okay, David. David Robbins, but whoever else, max out a con experience. Boom. All right, giddy up on that. All right, uh, let's keep rolling. Uh, Doris, what's up, Doris? I love Doris. Uh, also, Doris with the blue badging. Long-time squad member, Doris. Thank you so much. It's good to see you. Is there a resource somewhere which lists the takedowns, Emotet, Cyberbunker, what we hear today, Pilo Puti? Um, you know, I don't know of one uh, off the top of my head, but that would be interesting. Um, stand by. Um, yeah, I mean, I just Googled, I just Googled uh, list of cybersecurity resource. I mean, excuse me, list of cybersecurity, international law enforcement. Uh, <clears throat> let me see if I can take downs. It would be cool. I feel like it, it, there wouldn't be like a maintain list. It would be somebody who did some work. Um, Cybersecurity takedowns from Isaka 2019. Um, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> here's a link in Isaka. The thing is, Doris, I don't think there's like an active group that is responsible for maintaining that list. And because it's like all over the place, I think what you're going to find is point in time, um, point in time uh, type capturing, right? Like, oh, as of this date, here are the top 10 takedowns, right? And this one, this one's about Genesis Market, so this is like more targeted on specific takedowns. Uh, it would be cool, but unfortunately, I don't think there is one. But you know what? That's a great opportunity if that's aligned with what you're interested in. Uh, one of those, like, you know how I always talk about giving back and networking and stuff like that? That would be a really interesting series to maintain because once you do that you could establish yourself as the go-to source for lists of takedowns and stuff like that and then maybe you know reporters reach out to you or whatever like you you could really um brand that as as a thing and i feel like that would actually take a lot of work to initialize but then not a lot of work to maintain afterwards tim mcdonald what's your opinion on sonic wall firewalls and other products uh, Sonic Wall's okay. I so in my world, I I think of three tiers. Okay, there's like top tier enterprise grade, like Palo Alto, Cisco, Gigamon, right? These 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 high end, really quality. Then the next tier is like good, but um, you know, uh, good but not great. Okay, but good, but like Fortinet, Sonic Wall, I put in that category. Um. Yeah, that's where I'll put those. 
and then beneath that is like, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. Okay. Like, and Barracuda used to be on the second tier for me. I've pushed Barracuda down to the bottom after their most recent uh, incident or, or issue where their guidance to their business, uh, Barracuda's guidance to their customers was to replace their technology. I mean, that's such an awful um, thing to have to say. But beneath that, it's like Zixel, QNAP, uh, Barracuda, um, I don't know if people in chat have some thoughts around this. I, I'd love other people's take. I, I haven't used, I mean, I don't, I, I, I don't run like an MSP where I have like tons of different tech and have to deal with it all. Uh, so, uh, you know, people who have thoughts, I'd appreciate it. Um, all right. <laughs> so there's a hashtag youngins and a hashtag, hashtag, gray hairs apparently so the simply cyber community is starting to have some division <laughs> around age okay uh all ages are welcome here right from from baby base case all the way up to um you know my aunt dorothea all right uh and everyone in between so justin roror says i signed up for ncl this semester has anyone had experience with ncl is there any specific skills that can put on my resume from completing ncl I do not know what NCL is. I've never heard of NCL. I'm Googling NCL. Um, and of course, Justin, I know that you're not talking about the Norwegian cruise line, cruise deals. Uh, unless you did sign up for a Norwegian cruise line. That would be pretty sick. Let's let's quickly add cyber to it and see what's up. Ooh, National Cyber League. This is much cooler. Yeah, I mean, totally, dude. If you're doing this, um, I would absolutely include this on... You know, resume or point of pride uh, section of your resume. <clears throat> if you win, obviously include that. Um, I'd have to think about how to properly document that, but this is definitely a good idea. Also, Justin, I need to tell you, and anyone who signs up for these things, make sure, Justin, this is really cool, but don't think about like, oh, what's the resume bullet? Like, think bigger than that, right? There's definitely going to be practitioners who are volunteering to help manage the league. There are people, media sponsors, there are organizers, there are, there's going to be a boatload of people who are practitioners that are involved with this that you should absolutely network with. Guys, James McQuiggan and I are giving a talk at Wild West Hackenfest in a few weeks on the power of networking and then how to actually like execute and and blow up how like networking and brand identity and all these other things it's going to be epic this is one of those opportunities don't sleep i i, I feel like because i was a i was a college kid i was a really stupid college kid in my undergrad okay and i thought you just go to classes like i treated it like high school like go to classes do the homework and then like live your life right but no, in cybersecurity, you've got to take advantage of all the opportunities to meet, engage, and, and make that transition into workforce or make your network powerful. Because just like the Simply Cyber Community Challenge, guys, the power of the network is getting access to opportunities, finding out about them before they never happen. Like base, I mean, sorry to call out base case, but like base case, right? Um, I, I was going to quit my job. And, um, you know, like the, the company is like, well, do you know someone that could do your job? And I'm like, yeah, base case, Ken. Like, you know, he had to interview and earn the job himself. But my point is, my old job was never posted, ever, right? 
networking. And it's not like Basecase has been my friend for years. Basecase hasn't done audio engineering for years for Simply Cyber because he was like silently rubbing his hands that one day I might quit and give and and, and tell him about my job. You know what I'm saying? It's just it's just networking and you know how you do anything is how you do everything. So come with a positive intent, come with a great attitude, be supportive, be inclusive, and I'm I promise you uh, it will pay dividends. All right. Uh, is it? Hey, Jerry or uh, Harish Kumar. Uh, Harish, I think just uh, passed a cert too, right? Just recently. So I think I saw that on LinkedIn. Good job, Harish. Uh, any recommendations on a SIM tool to learn for beginners? Yeah. I mean, Splunk is a popular one. It's very expensive um, it, for businesses to use it, but Splunk's a good one. Um, it, it, they have free training because they want people to know how to use Splunk. That's a good one. What I would say is check out um, Graylog, okay? And the Elk Stack, E-L-K, Elk Stack. Um, there's a lot of open source software. Stefan Waldvogel works with Graylog. He might be able to tell you. But my point is you can set up your own free sim like um i mean security onion and elk stack is more than just a sim but like you can set up an infrastructure for free right i mean it takes time and it takes compute resources but you could set it up and then you're either doing like live spanning of your network traffic so you can see it or you can download some pcap files and throw them in um kind of uh you can do those different ways but i would check anyways harish to your question free splunk training right because it's out there and then um Graylog or the Elk stack, which I think Graylog is built into the Elk stack. Or, I mean, you know what I mean. Um, the other thing I would say is check out um, Let's Defend. Uh, Let's Defend has some sim, uh, you know, like if you want like labs around sim. Okay. Uh, Johnny5. Hold on. I should check to see if I have a meeting. Give me one sec. I do not. Oh, I actually have a meeting with James at 10 to finalize our deck. Um, all right, so check it out. Johnny5. Hey, Jerry, is it possible to set up a lab using only one laptop with Kali Linux on VMware? I don't want to mess up my desktop PC. Is it possible to set up a lab using only one laptop? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it depends on how strong the laptop is, Johnny5. But what I would say is... Um, what I would say, Johnny Five, and I, I don't know if you already know this. Oh yeah, Waza is a good one, or Wazoo, um, worth worth sharing. So Johnny Five, if the if the machine is fat, uh, strong enough, definitely check this out. This is a um, playlist, but this is Eric Capuano's Sock Lab using VMware or virtual. But I think it's VMware. And you get a Kali machine and you get a victim Windows machine and you get it all configured. And you use Lima Charlie for your EDR solution, which is cloud-based. And you could set up a dope lab on one laptop and not have to mess around with your current um, machine. So definitely don't sleep on that. And anybody else who wants like a really great uh, primer on building a lab, this is fantastic. You have a lab to set up Kali on AWS. Yeah, I have a video for that too. Um, I got a video for everything. Um, let's see. Uh, Simply Cyber, Cali, AWS. I used to do that a lot back in like 2020. There we go. Here's a video. Now, this video is three years old. 
and but it, it'll still apply. Oh, look at look at old young Jerry. Hashtag youngin here. All right, here's a video uh, for anyone that wants it. Callie on AWS. Make sure if you do AWS that you set up uh, billing thresholds, right? You don't want to accidentally find out you've got a bill. You can use it for free um, for a period of time. I think a year you can use it for free and then you'll start getting charged. Um, I wrote an app for Amazon uh, Echo devices like years ago and I'm very, very fortunate. I get... I was getting a hundred bucks from Amazon every month uh, for AWS credits and they've, they've throttled it down to $25. But, but, but anyways, I don't pay for AWS stuff because um, I, I get a credit every month. So I, I don't know if after a year you're going to have to pay and stuff like that. Uh, but just be mindful of that. I don't want you to accidentally get hosed. Okay. Um, Sean Porter says, I'm interested in blue team. What are the names of entry level positions, network plus level or sec plus level? Sean Porter, SOC analyst, you know, tier one SOC analyst, entry level SOC analyst. That's what you should be looking for. Uh, or you could see like cybersecurity engineer is another one. Uh, Johnny five, what's the job title for what scammer payback does? That isn't actually a job title. Like no one, uh, <laughs> So no one is paying, as far as I know, there is no job where you get paid to harass scammers and bring down their infrastructure. That is, I mean, that's like technically hacking back, which I guess is uh, kind of legal now in the United States. But um, you'd have to go maybe any desk or one of these remote access software solutions that the call scammers are using might have an in-house group that is doing that type of work. But unfortunately, that is not a actual real role. Now, Scammer Payback does it for a living, but he also built an entire business on YouTube and merch and, you know, those type of things. So he's able to do it, but it's not like an official. No business is hiring a scammer uh, baiter, scam baiter that I know of. Okay. Uh, Rodolfo Cruz. What's up, Rodolfo? Good to see you. What solutions out there could scan images that might contain QR codes? I can't just block images to the s to be sent. Some clients have to send images for business purposes, so this route doesn't work well. Yeah, I don't know of a technology that does that, but what I will say, Rodolfo, this is a really good use case, in my opinion, for ChatGPT. There is absolutely modules and plug and, and modules out there that can scan a file. OCR has been like uh. I forget what OCR stands for, but the R is recognition. It can look at handwriting and translate it to font, okay? Um, there is technology that can look at a picture and see a face in it, right? Like, this is all existing tech we all know about. So to me, there's absolutely Python libraries that could scan an, a, 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 an image and see whether or not there's a QR code and then go one step further and query that QR code via virus total or URL scan um, and report back with some level of confidence if it's malicious or not. I will tell you this, if it doesn't exist already, you could Google it for GitHub and see if it's there. If it doesn't exist already, Rodolfo, that is an amazing tool that you could develop for the cybersecurity community. And I would use ChatGPT to help you do it faster. Jerry, what do you think about the ISC2C GRC certificate? I haven't looked at this thing. Guys, if I had time, I would create what I think is a BA practical GRC uh, certification. 
if I had time, I don't have time. I, 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 I've gotten a lot more time, but managing the certification, I look at what TCM's doing and I'm like, I don't know if I have time for that. All right, let's see IS2 CGRC certificate. Let's, let's look at this thing. All right, let's look at this. Uh, do, do, do. CRC, oh wait, hold on. You guys are watching me watch this. Let's do this really quickly. Um, okay, it's accredited by some standard. It is a US DOD 8570. Okay, that's that's interesting. All right, risk, scope, selection, implementation. So, okay, well, first of all, first of all, there's a gap here, okay? This says GRC. It's a GRC cert, but all oh, this is just a little bit of auditing and risk. As far based on the domains here, this doesn't do anything with information security awareness. This doesn't do anything with third-party risk management. This doesn't do anything with um, this doesn't do anything with risk assessment. It says assessment, but this is more like are the controls in place or not? To me, to me, at quick glance, what I'm looking at. This is a subset of GRC, and it's it's basically like ISACA CISA light, if I had to guess, like an entry-level auditor role. Okay? You can see here, auditor is, you know, number one thing they're talking about. Um, see, like, GRC architect, I don't agree with that. Like, there's nothing in here about policy, process, standards, business impact assessment, business engagement. Like... Again, I'm making this based on this content right here exclusively. I haven't done a review on this. I don't, you know, I did an ISC2 sponsored video on the CC recently. This is outside the scope of that. But um, I will say this, at least it's something. There aren't a lot of GRC certs out there. So, you know, be mindful of that. It does say two years of experience required. So hopefully that answers your question. All right. <clears throat> um, do you have a video on FIPS 140 TAC 2 HSMs? No. Unfortunately, I don't. Uh, FIPS 140 TAC 2. So, um, so TAC, um, so FIPS 140, 140 TAC 2 is basically the U.S. standard for what encryption algorithms are approved, right? So, if you're trying to use something in a federal system that is not 140 TAC2 compliant, then it's not okay. I don't know if FIPS 140 TAC2 requirements push down to CMMC. I'd have to guess. This is a super deep cut. So I think the NIST 853 control around requiring FIPS 140 TAC2 uh, compliant algorithms is SC... Oh, SC15? SC16? Let's 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 do it. Um Hold on. What what is it? What? Okay, hold on. What 853 control? Let's see. Um. All right, I, I can't pull it up very easily. 
unfortunately. I wonder if NIST is waiting the order in which I'm putting the words. Nope. All right. Well, I guess we'll leave that as an exercise for the for the students. Um. Ah! It's SC13. I was, what did I say, 15? Yes. Yes. Okay, I was wicked close, guys. Give me, give me, cut me some slack, okay? Cut me some slack. All right. Let's keep rolling. Um, oh, shit, shoot. Sorry, Kenny. I got to get out of here. Um, let me quickly just answer a couple more questions. Like, really quick. These are the final two, okay? Elite Gunslinger, what sword do you suggest that has AIML and low code with good integration? I'll leave that uh, to chat, Elite Gunslinger. I can't speak uh, to that, unfortunately. Fallon Watts, how do you better explain security risk to consumers like Timu? I meet people using it or friends and cringe. An extended family used it badly. What's Timu? Timu? Shop for clothing, shoes. Are you talking about like the shop for clothing, shoes platform, Fallon? How do you better explain security risks to consumers like Timu? Um, I don't know. Um, I guess what I would say, Fallon, is whenever you're talking to an end user, try to personalize it and try to use a real case study, which is why I always say on the stream, the daily cyber threat briefing, uh, flag these things and bookmark them, right? Like if you can demonstrate that, you know, um, Someone got into their email and was able to reset their financial account password. Somebody fell for a fish and mailed a box of cash to a criminal, right? If you can, if you can have these examples that hit personally and hurt personally, you know, victimized elderly person, uh, someone going to jail for smuggling drugs because they didn't know it because they were, you know, caught in a romance scam, these type of things. That's what I would say. Um, it, unfortunately we, we say it in the industry, don't let a good incident go to waste. Like you should always, like whenever there's an incident in a business, you always try to capitalize on it. Like obviously you help the business get sorted out, but you always try to capitalize on it, um, for like getting budget and using it as an opportunity to educate people because they are in pain right now. And that pain is going to associate with the memory of a cyber incident because they're not going to want that pain again. Okay. Um, so hopefully that works. It's the app you install that's dangerous with Temi. What is Temi? I typed in Timu, but now Temi. Transcripts at lightning speed. All right. I mean, I, I guess what I'll say. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'm confused if it's Temi, the transcription service, or Temu, the, the online shopping service. Um, so anyways, guys, I really had a great time today. I want to thank you all so very much. Uh, Fallon Watts is talking about, um, it looks like the shopping app. So we'll go with that. Um, yeah, absolutely, guys. Uh, Fallon, by the way, it's a great opportunity to promote um, password, uh, not using passwords, password vault management, um, those type of things as a great, in multi-factor authentication, great opportunity. All right, guys, I've got to get out of here. I want to thank all of you so very much for being here and sticking with the jawjacking segment. Um, a lot of great times. 
I hope you got value from the stream today. Thank you all so very much. My name is Jerry Guy, uh, aforementioned Dr. Gerald Osier. Um, go forth. Have a great day, everybody. We will see you at 10 a.m. Uh, we'll see you at 8 a.m. Eastern time tomorrow for the Daily Super Threat Briefing, episode 450. Be good, everybody. And until next time, stay secure. Everybody, I hope you enjoyed that content. Keep the cybersecurity train going by connecting with the other Simply Cyber community resources. We have the Discord server that's lively and always keeps the conversation going. You can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. And also every single weekday morning on the Simply Cyber channel, we're doing live daily cyber threat briefings, 8 a.m. Eastern time, as well as Thursday at 4.30 p.m. We're doing live stream interviews with industry experts, and we produce videos that we push out every Wednesday morning. I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. I hope you enjoyed the content, and we'll see you in the next one. One.